Welcome to the Memora Healthcare Delivery Podcast. Through conversations with industry leaders and innovators, we uncover ways to simplify how patients and care teams navigate complex care delivery. Welcome everyone. My name is Matt Troop. I'm medical director at Memora Health and one of the co-hosts of the Care Delivery Podcast. I'm joined today by Kevin Rudelberger. Kevin, would you take a moment to introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, thanks, Matt. It's great to be here. I am the co-founder, chief strategy officer of Dispatch Health, clinician by training. And we at Dispatch Health are tech-enabled care delivery solution that's providing high medical need interventions to folks in their homes. And that could involve individuals with acute symptoms that would ultimately lead them to an urgent care or ER. Uh, most acute services, hospital substitution services, SNF substitution services, and last mile services such as portable imaging in the home. Awesome. Kevin, I'm excited to have you on today, both to talk more about kind of how Dispatch Health is revolutionizing care delivery, and then also just to talk about our paths as PAs and former clinicians who have now entered into the digital health space. But let's start with your story. Tell me what inspires you what led you to Dispatch Health and what gets you most excited about the work you're doing now? Yeah. So as you said, PA by training practice for about a decade, actually in specialty care orthopedics. The benefit of that back in the day was I was exposed to really the good, bad, and ugly of healthcare. And that could involve seeing patients in the clinic setting, being able to be in the OR, around on on patients in the hospital, take call and consult in the emergency department. So was really exposed and was in the trenches in in all aspects of the healthcare uh, system and the industry. But one area that I was missing was how the economics of healthcare really worked. Right. And as you know, we did not get that training in school. So I went back to business school to really understand healthcare economics, understand, you know, how the industry really evolved through uh, business. And that was a leaping stone for me and to help me look beyond just bedside care on what the potential was. My mind was always racing on things that we could be doing a little bit differently, whether it be involving technology, whether it be the way that we were practicing, the way that we were interacting with different stakeholders across the ecosystem. And I was introduced to a couple of local entrepreneurs who at the time were using the smartphone to build a mobile app that directed people to the appropriate level of care based on their symptoms. So back in 2011, when mobile apps were really cool (laughs) and they were the thing, I transitioned out of clinical practice and, and joined that startup which was called iTriage. We were acquired by Aetna and had a lot of great success around patient engagement, health literacy, directing people to the appropriate level of care based on that interaction with our mobile app. So we built a symptom processor, built a content library on healthcare terms and Mm -hmm. how to direct people to the appropriate level of care. But also it was another MBA program for myself. I was entrenched on working side by side where software developers, you know, sales individuals, things that you would not ever have exposure to in a traditional clinical setting. So that was, you know, helped me catch the bug, the entrepreneur bug. And at that company, I was introduced to my now co-founder of Dispatch Health and we got Dispatch Health 
the ground in 2013 with a proof of concept, raised our first round of capital in 2015, and the rest is history. And what led to the generation of Dispatch Health? What was the initial thesis? How has that changed over the last almost 10 years now? And then what's the focus really been in the last one to two years? Yeah. So the nice thing about the healthcare industry, there is so many problems to be solved. And right. you can pick a statistic that's out there and build a company around it. And the right. areas that we were intrigued by really were focused on the quadruple aim to start. But if you break that down a little bit further, you know, from the, the cost and quality and experience standpoint, consumers... We saw market research stating that we were going to see a shift in care. And that was happening with ASCs at the time. But we saw the home as a place where individuals were now going to seek care more frequently. And so Mm -hmm. so it was going to be, we saw consumer demand on the rise for delivering care in the home. Number two was from a cost perspective, if you look at the typical ER Depending on the statistic you want to look at, 37 to 70% of individuals that are in the ER really don't need to be in the ER based on their right. 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 So how do we right-size the needs of that patient? And that was being done through Urgent Cares, but we wanted to push the experience. We saw the, the rise in, in the aging population. And you know, many of these individuals are not going to Urgent Cares. These are individuals that are homebound. They have multiple comorbidities. Mm-hmm. They're pretty sick. And they're also very costly. So how could we you know, flip that care delivery mechanism and meet the patient where they're at? And that's in the whole setting. And so that was the start of this. We started in the EMS world where 17% of the 911 calls across the US really don't need to be transported to the ER. If you break that down, about $1,000 is spent uh, for every ambulance ride. $2,000 is spent on every ER visit. Could we do that eight to 10 times cheaper by meeting the patient where they're at that's in, in the home and, and delivering the same or even better right. care in the home? And so that's really where we got our start, had some great success, tracked that data, was able to present that back to the payers relative to the return, back to their members as well as themselves, and started a contract with these payers across the country. I love that story and that framing. I also love your comment about you can pick one of many different issues in healthcare right now. And we all believe that healthcare is broken, but all working together to find solutions for this. But there's solutions all over the place. And I love that kind of that thesis. Not only are you attempting to drive down costs by meeting patients where they're at, but also then providing a better patient experience. Can't imagine there's a patient who would much rather just go to an urgent care or an ER rather than have that care come to their home. I think that would be preferable in most circumstances. And we also don't often appreciate, and I know this was true for me working in a hospital, is the stress of having to actually get to one of those places, especially if you're having significant concern. So as you've now scaled this model and you're starting to actively meet so many patients where they are at, what has the outcome been? What is the experience that you've heard directly from patients? Are you seeing the needle move in any direction? Yeah. And so we've been at this, like I said, for about 10 years now, we've seen or have had about a little over a million patient encounters inside the home. And that's spread across individuals in that pre-hospital ER substitution setting, as well as helping individuals transition out of the hospital that are high risk for readmission 
and even hospitalizing patients inside the home. So over the course of that million patients, we've had hundreds of thousands of patient reviews and surveys indicating a net promoter score consistently in that 96 range. Mm -hmm. And if you compare that to the typical industry experience, typically healthcare is in that 20 to 40 net promoter score range. Apple is at 70. So it's as we've scaled across the country, no matter what demographic we're treating, the young pediatric patient or the older geriatric patient, great patient experience, and they love receiving this care inside the home. Outcome basis, we are driving down costs back to that eight to 10 times cheaper. On average, it's about $1,500 savings per encounter across that a million visits. So that adds up pretty quickly. We've been able to have the support of many health insurance companies across the country. So we're in network. Millions of lives across the U.S. have access to our service. Primary care partners, we deeply integrate with these primary care or specialist partners across the country that are moving from fee-for-service to value, where we fit really nicely. How do we right-size that care and drive good clinical outcomes? And then lastly, we have great integrations with large health systems across the country as well that are looking at ways that they can expand their brand, expand their services out into the community to be able to provide greater access to care to their patient population. Yeah, I think you highlighted the specific solution there, right? Access. It's like increasing access wherever you can. I know that's one of our philosophies at Memora Health. One of my personal philosophies in healthcare is access and allowing then that increased access to move the needle on outcomes. As you scaled, as you've seen such wonderful success, what are the still the challenges with this care delivery model? You know, I think we're still early in the evolution of care transformation, you know, in the home. It's come a long way over the last 10 years to the tune of individuals thinking that we were absolutely crazy to want to deliver this level of care inside the home to now you're seeing a lot of venture money backing care delivery models, highlighting patients inside their home settings. So if you look at the landscape of different clinical models, business models of care delivery in the home, it spreads a huge spectrum. And if you think about it, our vision is to build the largest healthcare system inside the home. And if you look at it, there's a full spectrum of care delivery delivered inside the home now, outside of ICU care and actual surgical procedures inside the home, from remote patient monitoring to telehealth to home-based primary care to virtual primary care to all the way up to hospital level of care in the home. You're now seeing oncology services in the home, dialysis services, you know, inside. Right, exactly. So, you know, being able to really focus on some high acuity patients and deliver a lot of value. But I think the industry is still slow on that transition from fee-for-service to value. And we need to see more and more players taking on risk and managing populations and managing less sick care and more true health care. So how do you truly manage patients more effectively outside of expensive facilities? And right. that's one of the challenges that we have in the U.S. healthcare system is the economics, the payment models around that. And you hear risk-based models 
And they're often talked about around the tremendous value that they can provide. But the reality is we're still in the batter's box or, you know, in the first inning delivering truly on risk-based arrangements. Yeah, completely agree. Shifting gears a little bit, I would love to spend a kind of the back half of this episode talking a bit more about clinicians in the digital health space. We've seen a lot, I think over the last couple of decades, more physicians getting into the digital health ecosystem, being entrepreneurs, pushing forward on healthcare innovation. More recently, we started to see more PAs, nurse practitioners, nurses, other clinicians get into the space. What is your thought on why it's important to embed clinicians into digital health companies and, and what's the impact you've seen, both personally and I think at Dispatch Health or other companies? I think clinicians, and I think we both can attest to this, we went into medicine to make a difference in people's lives. And right. you know, many of us practice at the bedside and make impacts every day on patients, families, et cetera. But the reality is we are seeing opportunities for us to improve. And technology and digital health specifically has allowed us to be able to take the practical nature of what's happening in healthcare every day to then applying different solutions to those business problems. And we've now been getting more and more, to your point, clinicians involved in creating new delivery models and, and maybe the health systems that they work in or the provider groups that they work in, but also in startups and being able to put that knowledge to work. We are at Dispatch Health clinician-led. So myself, my co-founder are both clinicians. E-folks that we brought on early on were all clinicians. And so awesome. the culture has been created with patients first, and making sure that we're doing the right thing for our providers out in the field. So we now have thousands of providers that we employ across the country that range from nursing to technicians to ER physicians to hospitalists to hospitalist NPs and PAs to radiologists to radiology techs. So we need to make sure that we can tap into their experiences, tap into their expertise to apply to innovation and apply to new product development and internally. And, and the more that we do, we start to get that right. Um, right. We apply you know, our learnings and experiences to our technology team, those software developers, those product managers that may not understand the complexities of healthcare, but we can be right next to them and advise them around what's good, what's bad, how do we A-B test, how do we learn together, and to be able to instill improvement, rapid improvement in the products that we're delivering. Yeah, I think that's the key. It's embedding clinicians into all aspects of a digital health company so that there's always an awareness of what the impact is, both to clinicians and to the patients that are managed. And, you know, I think back to my own time as a clinician and the frustrations I had around certain workflows or technology that was introduced and always thinking, there's got to be a better way here. There's got to be a solution to this that makes my life easier as a clinician, allows me to spend more time allows me to do actually what I, the care I want to provide to patients. And, you know, that was the catalyst for my transition. And I'm really excited to see more clinician leaders like you get into this space, lead companies and show that being clinician led is a valuable, has valuable, tangible impact to the, to the product you're delivering. With that said, what are ways in which clinicians that might be listening to this podcast can 
start to get involved in some of these projects or start to evaluate opportunities that might be available to them? I think um, one thing would be be a constant learner, you know, yeah, and right. you know, whether that is reading recent studies or white papers or books that will always improve in the way that you're opening your mind and, and think about things a little bit differently. I think the, the second thing is networking. So how do you get yourself out there? It can be intimidating to be able to raise your hand and get involved with different things that feel uncomfortable, that do not feel natural at first. But that's the way that you're going to be able to be exposed to different opportunities and different people that may be networked with individuals that you've never been exposed to. And so that could be yeah. leadership within your organization. That could be different committees, yeah, um, exactly. organizations, or in your community. You know, I still am actively involved in the startup community here locally in Colorado, as well as nationally, awesome. just to help. But also, I'm still learning. You're always learning about what you could do. And so I think those two things are really, really important. And, and I think, and not get discouraged. We need to be able to continue to push the industry. We can't stay stagnant in the way that we're delivering care, the way that we're, patients are accessing care. So we need to push each other. And sometimes there's resistance around it, but we need to continue to push each other on applying technology, applying different business models to be able to provide better care to patients. I love that, Kevin. I think it's also the accountability that like, is the strategy, is the product moving in the right direction to best serve the end user? I wrote down your two thoughts there. I think those are perfectly applicable to anybody that's interested is, I love that, be a constant learner. I think that intellectual curiosity is so key when you're making the transition and then also the importance of networking for sure. You know, making one final transition in our conversation, I would love to end the podcast here with better understanding what your vision is for the future of healthcare. You know, you've had quite the journey, the career journey so far. You've seen Dispatch Health grow now over a decade. Where does it go from here? What does Dispatch Health look like? What does the healthcare industry look like? Tell me more about your vision. Yeah, you know, I think you're, you know, in the space that we operate in, care delivery in the home is not going to go away and you're going to continue to see tremendous growth in clinical models around the home. McKinsey just came out with a statistic around, I think it's $650 billion of Medicare, Medicare Advantage dollars will be spent in care delivery in the home over the next 10 years. And so we're focused, laser focused on that vision of continue to expand the system of care inside the home across many, many markets that we're in across the country. And so the more that we start to apply all of that, the more value that we can create to patients, our clinicians, and our partners moving forward, we can start to move the needle, patient experience, clinical outcomes, and costs. So that's where our main focus is ultimately in the next five years right now. And we're very excited to be able to work with our partners on the digital ecosystem, as well as you know, payers and health system and providers in the community moving forward. There is a tremendous amount of opportunity in the future on keeping clinicians practicing at the top of the license. Yeah. I think you know, something we need to think about is workforce shortage as we start to move shift care from traditional facilities into the home. We got to have the workforce to be able to deliver that care effectively. And that's where technology is going to come into play too. And so yep. if you can have 
digital means to be able to engage with consumers. Telehealth is going to be continue to be a big area. Artificial intelligence is in the news everywhere. It's going to have a huge role on keeping people practicing at their top of the license and deliver safe, effective care to patients. So that's where I see some of the future in this, but we got to make sure that we work together as a team and not by disparate clinical backgrounds. So physicians and NPs and PAs and nurses, we all need to work together. The more that we work together as a team delivering the care, the more our wings are going to be able to stretch and and deliver better care to patients. So that's going to be really important moving forward. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it's that cohesion, the multidisciplinary care, and then using technology to further bolster the ability to deliver that quality care. You know, more we're focused on how AI and technology can augment the care that clinicians can provide. And I think that's really going to be a key to scaling quality care in the future. Kevin, it's been awesome having you on the podcast. I am so excited about the future of Dispatch Health, excited about the future of clinicians and the digital health ecosystem. As we wrap up, any final thoughts about the future of care delivery and clinicians in in the ecosystem? I appreciate you having me on here. I love talking about this stuff. I'm really excited. You know, I think the rapid change transformation that's happening in the industry, I haven't seen it at this speed in the last 20 years. So super excited to what's to come um, in the next five, 10, 10 years moving forward. Yeah, I share that excitement as well. Kevin, it's been a pleasure. Hope to talk again soon. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to the Memora Health Care Delivery Podcast. For more ideas on simplifying complex care for care teams and patients, visit memorahealth.com.